Yeah. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of Gaslit. I'm Shay. Hey, everyone. I'm Erica. Nice to have you all back. Yeah, we are so excited about today's episode or this episode of Gaslit. We got to chat with some wonderful folks from Jane's Due Process, which is an organization that supports Texas minors and accessing reproductive health care. We talked with Irma, Serena, and Kiaja, and they are all so lovely. And um, yeah, I just, I had a good time talking to them and hearing about the work that they do because it's always so cool. Yes, I think um, this episode was just so great to do because um, as as folks will hear, we are huge fans of James Due Process. I'm a huge fan of James Due Process, um, not just because they're they are cool and their work is so critical, but because again, as mentioned a lot in this in this episode, we uh, really, you know, we don't. I think especially, I I don't want to speak for everybody, but like once a lot of us become adults, we forget um, how little access to like a lot of things that we had as kids or as like minors um because you just like don't have like access to mobility because you're you know you're a minor and you're still figuring it yeah. out and and so like having to then navigate everything that folks in Texas have to navigate to just to get like basic health care um including an abortion it's just again um, always uh, so grateful that genes to process exist and so grateful that we got to have this conversation. Yeah, I like what you said, and I think there's something about about like remembering what it's like to access or be a part of the medical system when you're young. And then on top of that, mm-hmm. trying to access something related to sexual health, and then on top of that, abortion, considering how stigmatized it is, and doing that all of as a young person like my doctor's visits when I was young were always set up by my mom and they were like physicals for sports or if I was trying Mm -hmm. to get my work permit or something and even that was anxiety inducing so we had Mm -hmm. some really brave and resilient youth on this episode that shared what it was like for them when they were getting an abortion and you know it was in Texas so it's always a shit show and then there was COVID (laughs) and there's other things going on and so um, getting to hear from them was really eye-opening on what the experience is for young people, especially young people in Texas. And then we get to hear about all of the great work James Duprosses has done, is doing, the ways that they've pivoted since all these new legal barriers are um, in place for Texas abortion funds and practical support organizations. So we hear about how they've shifted to be able to continue to serve people and how they do that during tech and like just so much stuff but it's not like yeah. very light and like chill and cool, but that's because all the people who interact with Jane's Due Process and are part of that team are just chill and cool. So it makes sense, mm-hmm. but. <laughs> yep. It was such a great combo and I'm so excited that like um, y'all will be able to listen to it. Um, and yeah, that like we just were able to like talk about so many things and again, um, do it with like folks who, um really took control of their um you know their their futures and their health you know and I am will be forever in awe because of it so 
we're inspired. We hope you're inspired. After you listen, share this with several young people or on Facebook or whatever apps you're on. And yeah, we'll kick it over to the episode. Let's get into it. Hello, we are so excited. Hi, um, because today we have some folks from an organization that I will say I've personally been a huge admirer of and also a little fun is a friend of James Due Process. Um, and we have three badasses from this org who are here to share a little bit about what James Due Process is and does. Um, and I will kick us off with introducing um, a very dear, uh, you know, comrade and colleague and, and compa, like just, ugh, I love them. Irma is a certified sex educator in Texas and client services manager at Jane's Due Process, where she helps Texas minors exercise their reproductive rights to an abortion. Prior to joining the JDP team, she graduated from the University of Texas at Austin and was a sexual health and abortion counselor at a local Austin clinic. She's a strong local and national voice with a professional background in acknowledging and centering sexuality and reproductive justice issues in marginalized communities. Irma is also the creator behind Dirty South Sex Ed on Instagram, which is amazing. You should follow them, which serves to cultivate a culture of pleasure and wellness without stigma in the South. Oh, love it. She believes that when marginalized people obtain the knowledge they need to care for their sexual health, they're able to experience pleasure on their own terms, which is an act of protest, but most importantly, self-care. Oh my God, what a badass. Hi, Irma. Hi, Irma. Hey, y'all. I'm happy so to be here. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, <laughs> All of the love. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. We are also joined um, by Serena, and Serena is a passionate advocate for reproductive rights and youth empowerment. As a former James Duprosnick client and current youth advocacy fellow, she actively works to ensure everyone can exercise their reproductive rights. Serena's dedication extends beyond reproductive justice, as she also advocates for racial justice, climate change, LGBTQ rights, and other social issues. As a teen, she volunteered for the Bernie Sanders campaign, registered young people to vote, and encouraged civic engagement through organizations like When We All Vote. Her efforts were recognized by Michelle Obama, who commended her for registering young voters at her school. Serena's personal experience as a pregnant teen unable to access the care that she desired due to restrictive laws in Texas further fuel her commitment to reproductive rights. To better understand Texas lawmakers and their decision-making process, she's pursuing a degree in psychology. Serena's journey underscores her unwavering belief in young people's voices and their right to advocate for themselves and their bodies. Hi, Serena. Hi, everyone. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Serena, it's so good to hear from you and meet you. Finally, um, we have Keisha Brown, um, who is a James Due Process Youth Advocacy Fellow and former James Due Process client. Since navigating the legal system as a teen seeking abortion care, she has become passionate about fighting for the reproductive rights of all young people in Texas. She's currently studying criminal justice and seeks to use her activism to fight for the full range of reproductive and racial justice. Amazing. Hi, Keisha. So good to meet you and to have you here. 
Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. So excited to talk to all of y'all. And like Erica was mentioning earlier, like we're just genuine fans. Like anytime we hear Jane's new process, we're like, yeah, we work with this because y'all are always doing such fantastic stuff. And we genuinely, genuinely love being your partners in this work. So we're just hoping that you could talk to us a little bit about what does Jane's new process do? And we just love to hear about your work. I can take that one. Um, so Jane's due process is currently providing financial support and travel assistance to Texas teens for abortion in states where it is legal. We also have an amazing phone hotline and text line for abortion, local reproductive health services, and emancipation referrals. Uh, in addition, Jane's Due Process also offers free repro kits and recently comprehensive sex education to empower Texas teens with knowledge and resources for making informed decisions about their sexual health. So we do a little bit of everything. <laughs> a lot, a lot. <laughs> so good, though. And so needed. Yeah, I was going to say, I know, like, historically, like, a lot of other abortion friends in Texas, um, Jane's due process has had to like pivot, right? Um, but it seems like even in any stage, y'all have always been like working with um, the like the folks that y'all work with in mind, which are young people. So, um, can you can 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 we hear like what the barriers are that young people are facing in general when it comes to trying to access their care? For sure. So pre the fall of Roe v. Wade, Jane's due process helped young people navigate parental consent laws in Texas. Um, so now because abortion is um, inaccessible in Texas anymore, um, getting a judicial bypass for an abortion is no longer necessary because you can't get an abortion anymore in Texas. Right. However, um, that does not mean that other states don't have the same laws. So mo so one of the biggest barriers for young people um, when seeking abortion face in general is that most states in the country require some form of parental or guardian involvement, whether it's to notify them about the abortion or get their consent for an abortion. And that tends to be the biggest barrier for young people because not everyone has the support of a parent or caregiver to um, get an abortion. Then following that, um, young people struggle with the freedom of mobility to be able to leave school or travel to get the abortion, unlike adults who maybe already have some form of transportation, whether it's a car or um, aren't really hiding the, the pregnancy from someone, not in all cases, of course, but um, have the freedom to make that decision for themselves. They aren't um, required to bring someone else to sign for them to be able to get the abortion. Mm -hmm. And um, of course, the socioeconomic barriers to seeking abortion care, such as transportation and money. Um, I would say those would be like the top three barriers that young people mostly see. Yeah, thanks for highlighting yeah. the issue of mobility. Like, it doesn't automatically come to mind when you, I would think of, like, what young people, what issues young people face. But when you brought it up, I was like, of course, it's going to be a lot harder for a minor who maybe doesn't have a license or doesn't have 
parental or family support to make this decision to get out of state when we know tons of Texans are traveling thousands of miles to have to access care now. So yeah, really important to, to know about. Right, yeah. Now the um, most people are facing the same barriers um, now that abortion is practically illegal in the state. Right. It, um, I, I kind of just like think about like um, how like where I was as, a, as like a young person as a teen and how I had such little um, like I had like no money and I had no way to like get around and so um, to like lay that on in like a hostile state like Texas that was already hostile pre-fall of Roe. And then now that it like abortion is banned, I think about like, wow, like the, the like how that might have impact, like just how that might have just like shaped that experience. Um, so um, I know we have Serena and we have um, Keisha on the call who are, you know, y'all are, like advocacy fellows and folks who have worked with um, all sorts of uh, things within like with Jane Two process, but can you also share just like about some of like how that might've impacted these barriers might've impacted some of this, your experience in getting an abortion? Absolutely. Uh, so for me, with my experience, um, all, all of the barriers that Irma mentioned uh, affected me tremendously when you know i was navigating uh you know how to get an abortion in texas and this was before uh you know roe v wade fell um but yeah i had no money <laughs> i was a teenager in high school i i haven't even you know i i barely graduated right um i was in the midst of graduating so school wasn't over yet and I had no, no job, nothing, no support. Um, and then me personally, I got my abortion uh, during COVID. So that was during the beginning of COVID. So everything was just crazy. Everything had to be spread out the dates of my abortion had to be spread out. It, it was, it was just a hot mess overall. Um, so it just, it just made it worse. Um, and, you know, I just didn't have any of the resources that I needed, but Jane's due process, of course, after reaching out, they provided me with that. And, you know, I'm here <laughs> with no <Yeah>. baby. <laughs> Wow, you face so many compounded obstacles just to access care. And it's so wonderful that you were able to go to one organization that helped set you up to for you to be where you are now. And I'm really glad that we have community resources like that because as you mentioned, it was more than one thing that made this decision hard and none of those things were in your control. I remember hearing lots of stories about people's experiences during COVID when they were trying to access this care and how different it was than pre-COVID. And that's true of pretty much everything in our lives. But to know that people seeking abortions are also navigating everything that every other person alive is, like they, they're they not just not just a person trying to get an 
abortion, they're students, they're soon to be graduates, they're doing all these other things with their lives and to just be able to access care with having to fight so many things is really disheartening. But on the very other end of that spectrum, it's so inspiring that organizations like James Do Process exist and that they brought you in this work so that they can, you all can share your story and continue to help people who might be going through similar experiences. So thanks so much for sharing that with us. Um, we would love to hear from you as well, Keisha. Um, yeah, just a piggyback off Serena. Like um, I remember what I didn't have mine during COVID, but I was 16 working at McDonald's. And if you know, like you're not really making that much money at McDonald's. And yeah. <laughs> so I, 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 I remember searching up um on Google like free abortions. Like I because I literally I knew I didn't uh want to continue the pregnancy, but I also knew like I had no way to um afford it and I, I also remember not even having like a, a phone to even uh contact like mm -hmm. keep in contact with Irma like she had to buy me a phone just to keep in contact with her so it was mm -hmm. hard <laughs> <laughs> wow though like yes that I can just like imagine like I don't know I remember I had a obviously like a different experience as a teenager but I like remember like hiding like my queerness and how that involved having to get a burner phone um and that involved like a lot of like just I don't know just like thinking of like not having much just like your family support but also making the like having living in a state where it's like actively hostile to to get the care that you need um is wild also like when y'all were talking about covid i was remembering how we also had the covid abortion bans in texas um for a period and that was just like another layer on top of everything else of people just trying to access their care um and so again i'm like really glad that y'all did get supported and i'm just like so pissed that you you know again that we have to like, like do this work to operate just to get people like their basic care so they can decide to like end their pregnancy that's you know upsetting um I do know though um that like again a lot of things have changed in the landscape of access and um how folks get you know not just their abortion but their repro health care in general um and I know that um, a lot of the work and like expertise y'all have is is working and navigating with Title Ten clinics. Um, and so, can you tell us a little bit about those and also about like what those recent changes have happened to Title Ten clinics? Like, like what does that mean for minors? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the Title X program was created during the Nixon administration to provide family planning services to low-income women and has long provided free confidential birth control to anyone, regardless of age, income, or immigration status. So this has, so Title X has been a great resource, a great resource for a lot of people specifically for young people in Texas seeking birth control without parental consent. But as of this past December, Texas teens are required to have parental consent when seeking birth control at Title X clinics now. This change came about when U.S. District Judge Matthew 
uh, Kazmarek ruled that the program violates parental and state federal law. I'm sorry, violates parents' rights in state and federal law. Um, currently, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services was asked um, has asked the court to reconsider the decision, but still waiting on that. Um, however, minors are still able to access testing and treatment for sexually transmitted infections, pregnancy tests, emergency contraception, condoms, and counseling without parental consent. However, they um, have been obviously restricted um, from getting birth control without parental consent, which was something that was, a, again, a great resource for many folks who were also in homes that didn't support bodily autonomy and being able to embrace sexuality as normal and healthy. Um, and just like you, Erica, I also think back to when I was a teen, and I know for sure that if I were to have needed birth control or to have been pregnant, I would not have been able to access any of that because I did live in a home that was very, um, there was surveillance 24 seven. Um, there was a lot of indoctrination of religion. So, um, there wasn't any pockets of freedom that I had in order to be able to step away to um, go to a clinic or talk to someone that could help me get an abortion or birth control because my phone was always being monitored and um, my mom had um, those uh, alarm things on the doors so whenever a window oh, wow mm -hmm. whenever a window or a door opened it was um, she would get a notification and um she also made sure that like if we if anyone skipped class like the consequences were like intense so like i never skipped class or anything um so it so i think back and i like just get into that space of like wow like if i truly needed this i would not have been able to do it and i would have been stuck in a pregnancy that i never wanted um, so I ended up living my like teenage life in fear more than anything. And now that as an adult, I like am trying to take control of my bodily autonomy, my sexuality and all of that and my pleasure. It's been a healing journey to, to mm -hmm. um, experience because when you are a young person, that's when your sexuality is forming and that's when you are developing as a human, as an adult. And so to be restricted for so much, it, there's a lot of shame in that. And so you end up having to undo that shame in your adult years. Right. No. Yeah. I'm, I can't imagine having the wherewithal to then like find that info to do that. And so like, I'm just like in awe of like everybody that like, you know, Jane's due process like gets to help and Serena and Keisha like y'all being on on this call like like as you were sharing like your story I was like damn you know y'all really did that because um really this you know our state unfortunately and then also sometimes in our own homes it's set up to like you know make us have to like fight for our health care and like just fighting for for like basic things like being able to express our sexuality in a way that makes us feel safe and 
so yeah like thank you for sharing that and then also just like thank you for being here and doing this work um I, like in a perfect world um I you know we keep talking about like what these experiences are like um what would the experience be like for young people who need these services like how could we operate so that young folks are empowered um well first I, I would think in the perfect world I, I would think that you shouldn't have to go to court just to um get an abortion so I think that in a perfect world they should take that uh that that part away mm -hmm. absolutely uh, right and I completely agree with Kiesha I also think that in a perfect world young people should be able to just wake up and say hey I'm pregnant and I don't want to be anywhere <laughs> mm -hmm. um and you know just go to a clinic and get the procedure done with no problems with no judgment with no uh additional barriers or, or anything like that in in a perfect world right I agree yeah all I agree. of that for young people and for people of all ages like we know that that's hardly a reality for anyone without a that doesn't come with a ton of privilege and so in our perfect world that would be available for everybody and I just want to uplift that the work that y'all are doing and being here and sharing your stories does help us get to work towards that future where that is that's our reality so super grateful for that and Irma, I didn't want to cut you off, so I'm going to hand it back over to you. Oh, no, I was just agreeing with all of that, that yes, in a perfect world, none of this BS would exist. Everyone, <laughs> especially young people, are valued, respected, and treated with dignity when um, they're seeking reproductive health care, and they're seen as whole humans where their sexuality is embraced and don't have to overcome any socioeconomic barriers because socioeconomic barriers would be non-existent. <laughs> yes, I do. I think another important thing is that folks would have information and access to communities where they feel validated and supported and can go to learn and grow and... in their sexuality. And so Irma, I was hoping that you could talk to us a little bit about your sexy South sex ed work that you lead yes for sure so I created um dirty south sex ed which is a platform on Instagram um in during COVID actually I believe is was like 2020 um and it was mainly during the time that yeah during COVID when everything was shut down and we started feeling the the um effects of the restrictions because clinics weren't allowed to open up during that time until like maybe a couple months in the pandemic um and we had already and I've already been in this work for several years now but during that time I was able to fully focus on um creating um a platform that was able to disperse information about sexual health. And I wanted to do it in a way that was 
digestible for anyone and everyone of all ages and multi-generational as well. Um, so I, my mission was to create posts that had sex ed information all in one slide that was easily, easily digestible and understandable and something that someone in sixth grade could understand, someone in 10th grade could understand, someone who's 25 years old could understand, and someone who's 55 could understand um, and be able to make it beautiful because I also believe that beautiful things tend to be um, also digested more easily and I didn't want um, sex ed to be scary looking or like shameful or just to add to the taboo that already exists around the topic so I created something that was more neutral, that was just minimal design, minimal line work, just um, something that was straight to the point and that was understandable. And then from there, just started posting all the information that I possibly could think of that um, someone would have in a regular sex ed class. And I realized that it was something that was really desired and needed in the community because a lot of people started taking it in and sharing it which then made it a platform that was that went from maybe like 500 followers in the first couple of months to now about to be 17k followers and that um just lets us know that it is something that was wanted and was needed and people wanted to stay and people wanted to continue I love it and you can tell that it's something that you love to do and that makes you happy it is just stunning it makes it like really easy to share the information and like you said it's highly digestible you are approachable and folks can ask questions and things of that nature so you've just done such a good job of cultivating a community of care and learning and like just top tier aesthetic it's gorgeous (laughs) thank you yay mission accomplished (laughs) (laughs) so um speaking of social media and using that to help propel movements forward and make people feel a part of communities we saw a cheer for tiktok about your um repro kits in san angelo ryan and college station which is more awesome work that y'all are doing can you just tell us about these kits and um, how folks, young folks in these areas might be able to find them or just love to hear about them? Yeah. So um, basically, if a young person or really anyone who lives in any of those cities um, that were mentioned, San Angelo, Bryan, and College Station, um, if they are needing emergency contraception or a pregnancy test whether it's right after unprotected sex or just to have on hand, they are able to text us. Um, They basically just text us, speak to a volunteer who will ask for a discreet and safe address to drop off the kit, um, as well as a good time to drop it off. And then all deliveries are contactless. So you don't have, so no one has to like talk to anyone and, you know, feel that little bout sometimes of shyness 
um whenever someone goes to the store to get like a plan b this is all discreet and contactless and um our volunteers will do their best to basically deliver it within 12 to 48 hours the kits come with condoms again like plan b pregnancy test and more importantly a little zine that talks about how to use the plan b um, and how to take the pregnancy test and it also explains what pregnancy is and how it happens and has resources for abortion parenting and adoption and if people have more questions or need more resources our number is in the um, kit to to have them call us and we also just um launch our sex ed program called sex talks which um, allows folks to submit any sex ed questions they may have anonymously and there's a qr code in those kits so that if people have more questions they can just scan that qr code and it takes us it takes them straight to our form and they can submit whatever sex ed questions they have and they will be able to get a response in 24 to 48 hours as well well that is <laughs> amazing um i don't know i just i'm always like in awe of uh the use of both like practical ways to get like things that like young folks might need just like in their hands without judgment or questions asked um which I just think is just so great um I also I I credit James Sue process with a lot of like uh folks moving to talk about like abortion and and um access for minors on TikTok and also you know you mentioned your text line so like can you just share a little bit more about like how, what the thinking is to use these platforms, I guess, to get to folks who thrive maybe on technology? Um, I feel like an old person as I say this. I'm only <laughs> I'm only 31, or I'm about to be 31. But the point is, is that like I I also am on the phone and I'm just like wondering always like how do we get our folks who I know are also on the phone? Yeah, so we love social media here at JDP and um, our advocacy fellows can talk about how they've also um, produced amazing content for James Super Process. Um, but essentially we center authenticity in our social platforms to reach our audiences. We make it fun by making abortion jokes. We use memes. We basically just want to be relatable so that, that potential clients know that we are not bots and that we are real and that they can trust us because Gen Z is very much aware of online scams. Um, so we make sure to share our personality online. And then when it comes to our text line, we know that Gen Z and Gen Alpha always prefers to text over call. So having a text line makes it more accessible to them and more likely to serve them because we're catering to their preferred communication style. It's also easier for young people because it allows them to text us when it's convenient for them, which usually is an interval throughout the day if they're in school. Um, and also, especially if they're around parents or caregivers, they may be able to answer one of our texts, but can't respond again for like another few hours and so forth. And um, it also helps build trust. So that's usually our, our philosophy around technology and social media. This is very cool. And also... 
I'm curious to hear like because I'm just I follow y'all on TikTok as a person who's on Lilifun's TikTok and also just chronically online. Um I've seen like some of y'all's fellows and just like all the different folks that y'all have on your TikTok and it makes it very fun to follow. Um, I'm curious, Serena or Keisha, if y'all have like anything to add about the social media game, the formidable social media game, I must say, of JDP. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely love like the idea of making content for, you know, folks who are potentially in the situation that I was in, right? So being able to like make that content relatable as possible, um, because of course, young people are all over TikTok. Um, <laughs> that's so important. Um, so it's it's just very exciting stuff to know, okay, if I make this video, it, it may potentially reach at least one person one person that can you know that we can help if if that makes sense that makes a lot of sense <laughs> I think they'll do an excellent job of meeting people where they're at and just letting folks come as they are so really appreciate that about y'all's online presence and how you show up for folks digitally as well um I also just wanted to know as we're getting into the warmer months how are you spending your summer? And is there something you suggest that folks who care about teen repo rights can do this summer to get more involved? Um, I can kick us off and, and then Keish and Serena can follow. I am excited to see Beyonce and I'm going to Europe this summer. Yeah. Um, I am head over heels. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and then my suggestion for folks who want to get involved in reproductive rights this summer is, or honestly in any season, is to first and foremost donate because now more than ever, practical support is needed to be funded. So um, every, anyone and everyone's donations is going towards someone's abortion, someone's trans transportation fee some, to someone's hotel so that is the most important thing that anyone can do. And of course, if that is not possible, volunteering um, at your local abortion fund or clinic as a driver, as an escort, as a hotline volunteer, any of those things are helpful um, when it comes to reproductive rights and the whole movement. Well, um, I am going to um Jamaica this summer, and I'm very excited about that. Ooh, oh, so <laughs> <laughs> and um, my advice if for any um uh, one that wants to just stay involved this summer is um, I would I would uh probably say um volunteer uh for in. Because one of the where you where the repo kits are, you can become a driver or um, a person that hold the kit. So I would say probably um, volunteer for the repo kits. That that also just sounds fun. <laughs> I don't know. I to be able to like meet people or like just drop repo kits off and being like the repo kit plug. I think would be a great way to spend Ooh, I love the that. summer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I completely agree with that. I mean, I I remember like a few months back, we were 
I guess, making the repro kits. And it was so fun to me. Um, <laughs> so I can just imagine, like, just being able to drive around, drop repro kits to folks. Um, but me personally, I will just be uh, making money this summer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. That's, that's fun to me. Um, but as for getting involved, uh, I highly recommend that, you know, you reach out to your local representatives and, you know, like if, if you have the capacity to do that, please do, because it, it really does make a difference. Um, you can also volunteer as Kiesha and Irma said, um, volunteering is a, a great way to get involved. Um, and of course, signing petitions, right? If you, if you can't, if you can't donate. Thank you for saying that, Serena, especially, um, we are like the ledge session is wrapping in Texas. And I think for some people, they may think like, okay, that means that like our advocacy can kind of like chill out and it can, you know, we should take breaks, but also these electeds need to be held accountable for like the stuff that they did and didn't do um, in that ugly pink building. Um, and so I think getting to know who represents you and what their voting record is, is so important. So thank you for saying that. Um, and shout out to like summer plans that like, you know, get us to like stack and save money. I think that's what I'm trying to do this summer. Um, and like just swim in general but these are great ways for folks to get involved thank you so much for sharing I think we are like at the end of our questions but is there anything that like anybody wants to like share to our listeners um, about Jane's due process or about like what you like something you want them to know about like young people accessing care in general I would say the main thing is that we are open again and helping young people um access abortion care in states that it is legal so if you or anyone you know um need is a young person and needs help with that we are fully funding the entire like all of the practical support in the abortion so let them know share the word um that is essentially the biggest way to to be a resource in your community by edu- by informing yourself to inform other people. So yeah, I would say that that would be my my giveaway. Wonderful and the wonderful news that JDP is open again. Well, I want to thank y'all, Irma, Serena, Keja for being on for talking to us for sharing just like your stories and also your work and just like you know helping us understand just the like critical and and important work that y'all do so I want to thank you for joining us on on this here gaslit yeah thank you so so much for sharing your stories Yes, thank y'all so much for the invite. Loved being here with Cage and Serena. Yes, thank y'all for having us. <laughs> y'all are too cool. Um, well, and on that note, we here <laughs> at Gaslit have like a really uh, um, funny. It's uh, cute. 
it's it's a cute way to stand it off <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna let Shay do it because I'm actually a little too rusty to try oh really okay well on that note everybody <laughs> thanks so much stay lit and keep doing gay abortion shit absolutely thanks (laughs) y'all music